0: Welcome to the Denver Diatribe News and Culture Podcast about the most interesting city between Williamsburg and Wiggins. This week, we're going to be talking about mandating paid sick leave for employees in Denver, why is Jefferson County Public Libraries creating a porn section, and the new IKEA experience. I am your co-host, Jared J. K. Mayer. I'm here with my co-host, josh johnson how's it going josh pretty good thanks for having me and we have a special guest here jeff Audie. he's an assistant arts and culture editor over at westward and he writes the weekly column i'm trying to break your heart there in the um, backbeat section how's it going jeff pretty good thanks for having me you know i'm wondering should we just call this the westward podcast either the westward or the 5280 podcast yeah it's well, like
1: westward but less credible <laughs> exactly
0: i think
2: I think we tend to uh, know these people, and so we are lazy finding guests. And, and they're interesting. The people we bring on are. I'm not you, film. Oh.
0: They're just inf- interesting enough balance out with our laziness, right? Yeah, right. To and justify s- it. And so, Josh, um, at the at the intro music that people heard, "Colorado Girls." That is going to be the last time that we're going to be having Colorado Girls on this because we're choosing a new uh, intro and outro music. And that is mean.
2: the that is the idea, though. The process of choosing it, um, I'm not sure how that's how the how does that work? Have we defined?
0: Uh, we we haven't defined anything. Again, it's going to be our purely objective. Explaining. We promise you. Well, in last week we listened to um, a few of the songs that listeners had thrown out. You did. And I wasn't there, but I was really disappointed that you guys didn't bring up my suggestion, which is Mr. Biggs' Colorado Bulldog. Are you familiar with this song? Listen to this. Is is, is this not the perfect? Uh, Denver diatribe theme. Bulldog,
1: down my Bulldog, my neck,
0: turn and, and I don't know if you've heard the actual solo associated with Colorado Bulldog, but metalheads know it quite well. Yeah. It is thrashing.
2: I have tried to avoid Mr. Big back in the day. Well, I'm
1: was, gonna say that's perfect. I, I think
2: it's. I mean, it. I think it's yeah. perfect though. Should we, should we take a vote? Uh,
0: well, I think we should. Th- we, we, we should definitely bring in uh, at least Vanessa's opinion on this. Okay. And uh, because it's either between like the whiny emo music or the hardcore gangster rap or the t- testosterone infused headbanging Colorado bulldog, so it'll yeah. definitely it'll definitely say something about our podcast either way.
2: hmm And that's what we were concerned about last week. We don't know what to say about ourselves. We have an identity issue. It's it not quite a crisis yet because it's st- it's just a stupid song, but it's an issue.
0: Okay. Well, one way or another, we are choosing a yeah. new theme song for our next one. So tune in, people. You may be surprised one way or the other. Okay. So first topic, uh, mandating paid sick leave for employees in Denver. This is a proposed ballot measure by a group called Campaign for a Healthy Denver. It would require employers in Denver – to grant nine days a year of paid sick time to full-time employees, and businesses with fewer than 10 workers would need to provide five days of sick leave for all these employees. So this is what, Josh, coffee shops, bars, any small business, if you have full-time employees, you're going to have to, from now on, give them paid sick time uh, based on this proposed ballot measure.
2: It's true, and, um, you know, there's... There's not much precedence for this. I did look up some U.S. Uh, labor statistics. There is in place the fa- uh, Family Medical Leave Act, which requires employees to let you have the day off if you're sick, but it does not say that you need to pay them for that day off. Still, 61% of American workers receive sick leave without being paid, so it's not covering everybody. And of those, uh, 47% have, of, of all workers have paid uh, have no paid sick leave. 49% have paid sick leave.
0: Well, the business community here in Denver already hates this proposed measure. Sure with they do. passion, but what are the people that are supporting this? What's their argument for why we need to have a law that says that full-time em- every single full-time employee if you work in Denver has to have it, a paid sick leave?
2: Well if you look at the, the, the rallying points as based on their their signage, Um, They don't want to get sick, you know, because if you're not paid to leave and you have a cold and you can still function, you're going to go to work and you're going to get everybody else sick. So I I don't understand why uh, um, employers just don't encourage people to stay the hell home when you're sick, you know, because it's really it's to have a worker there who has the flu. They're not going to be very productive. And the likelihood of the people in the department that they work in also getting sick and having the flu. So you have a whole department that's sick? I mean
0: – The supporters of this are the people that are trying to get this on the ballot, and it looks like it, it may go on the ballot because um, they've already su- submitted their signatures to the clerk and Denver clerk and Recorder. But the, – and they come out of the, the union labor community, but they're actually trying to pitch this as more of a health – a public health issue rather than sure. – fairness or labor issue, they're saying they even have protested down on 16th Street Mall in front of a Starbucks uh, with signs like, don't be coughing in my latte. The idea that if people don't have paid sick leave, then they're going to be going to work because they need the hours, they need the money, and they're going to be uh, you know, causing other people to get sick. Jeff, just hearing the this issue probably for the first time, it sounds like, what, what is your initial... <laughs> response to this do you get paid sick leave
1: i i do actually uh at westward for like the first time ever in my life uh which is nice i haven't actually used any of it yet um because like at westward when you're sick then you just work from home so (laughs) so you never really stop you still have your deadlines right Yeah. yeah I mean, sometimes you could get people to help out i
0: um but yeah I, it's not something that like I use, but then a lot. but then prior to that, when you worked at other jobs, I mean, if you're like me or Josh, I mean, I've worked a slew of shitty jobs at coffee shops, yeah, random things where you're where even if you're full time let alone part time I mean the, the idea of getting paid sick leave would just be it would just be it would just blow people's minds that you would actually not only get days off but you'd get off days off for being sick and you'd still get paid for it
1: right yeah i mean i never really took six days off at, at those kind of jobs either because i needed the money i mean my question here i think would be like what how do? We, how are we defining full time like is that 39 hours is that 36 hours
0: i, I think they would i, I don't know because i haven't seen the language of this but i think the definition of a full-time employee would be 40 hours but then this would also still apply for part-time employees except for that that those that the amount of sick days you would get would be prorated against the m- number of hours that you get so right. um, just off the top of my head if you work only work 20 hours a week then you might get Four and a half, four and a half days
2: right yeah, and if there's under 10 employees, there's there's five, there's five days off. Um, and and I, I've, I've noticed a lot of employers will differentiate between vacation days and sick days uh, because they don't. Well, I worked for um, somebody who didn't do that. Who's was like basically you have 13 days a year, you know, and we're considering five of those six day, sick days. And there was uh, one coworker of mine who would lie and say he wasn't sick and then would confess to me that he had a fever. And then he would see it, and this was in an office of five people. And then he would see he would work, barrel through it, he be, wouldn't be productive. And then the, ne- the person he shared an office with the next week would be sick. Whereas if he would have just taken one day to stay home and recover, you know, you end up getting better. When I was looking through a lot of these statistics, I found that the recovery rate from an illness of people who take a day off and stay home and sleep and get lots of fluids. Is so much quicker. I mean, if they continue to go to work, they're going to be not productive for five days, whereas opposed if if they take one day off, they're zero productivity for that day, but the next four days they're fine. And and where this really gets sticky is with parents because it's there are you know there's almost a majority of people um, do have at least sick days paid or not. It is it's very small the number of like single mothers who can take off when they're not sick in order to take care of a sick child.
0: Yeah, well, I think we can all agree that the notion that we should uh, disincentivize or at least create the ability for workers to stay home when they're actually sick because it will improve the health of everybody involved, the question is whether or not this should be a law that the city of Denver is going to mandate on um, employers and businesses within the city the the outcry over this from the business community. I got a long email from a guy I know who runs several small businesses, and he said, if this thing passes, you know, and he's a progressive and a and a lefty too on a lot, a lot of other issues, but he's looking at it from the perspective of a business owner. He has maybe five or ten employees. All of a sudden, if he's getting going to need to pay for those days that the, that these people take off, right. then that's going to uh, you know really damage his bottom line and even possibly force him to cut back. Um, See, but I don't, I don't think that that's people. accurate I mean, at all.
2: I really don't. Uh, Crane's New York said in 2010, $789 million was paid um, by all businesses in the U.S. for sick leave. That's, I mean, that's really not.
1: Yeah, that's pretty. For all
2: businesses people. operating in the U.S. in 2010, spent 789 dollars. Uh, $789 million. In sick leave, um, and there's, of course, no way of estimating how much the expense is when you have a sick person that comes to work and gets everybody sick, you know? I mean, there's, there's a certain point where you, when you have the flu, you just can't get out of bed. You but, can't
1: sit up straight. I mean, let's add it up, right? Because, like, if you say you have one employee, you're paying that employee $10 an hour and you need to give him, you know, nine possible sick days off a year, Probably, you know, if he's a good worker, most of which he's not going to take. But even, let's say, he takes the maximum. That's $720 a year. Like, that's pretty
0: negligible. That sure. is not a whole Oh, lot yeah, but, I mean, you're still going to have to pay somebody to work the hours that this person is gone. Sure. And, you know, the, the argument against this, and I actually lean more toward um, – Coming out against this thing, and at, at least in terms of the economy being so bad right now, is probably not the right time to put a law like this into place. But the 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 notion that uh, if this was so good for certain businesses, like if businesses business owners saw the value of giving people a certain amount of sick days off when they're actually legitimately sick, because it's going to you know not infect the rest of their workforce, mm-hmm. it's going to make workers. Uh, more happy and productive and your business is better, why wouldn't they just institute the, those policies themselves? Why does it have to be something that the city and county of Denver in and of itself, it's not even a statewide thing, right? So it'll just be the city and county of Denver doing this a Yeah, I
2: don't know, and, and, I, and I tend to agree with you on that point. I, I don't know. I don't know why it takes a law for people to do what makes sense sometimes. You know, I mean, as an employer, it would make sense to offer a certain number of sick days to encourage a very sick person to stay home. You know, I mean, in in, inter- in terms of bottom line and productivity, it makes sense, and and for them not to do it, and for there need to be a top down, you know, mandate. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's it's basically um, do it. How about this? Do it on your own, or, or we're going to mandate it. You know, determine what you feel is a, a, a comfortable number. I don't like that they're mandating the number. I think that if they if but they but do it on
0: your own or mandate is still a mandate, right? Like it is. Still- it is.
2: It's an ult- ultimatum. An ultimatum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's like come up with a reasonable number on your own. I don't like that they're saying that nine days. It seems arbitrary that they come up with this number. Did they d- do some study that found that people are sick nine days if they? I've, um, I've,
0: I don't know. I don't get sick that often. I mean, I have probably nine days worth of hangovers a year. That right. I'm That's not sick, Jared. That's just generally morning. <laughs> yes. And yeah, so I don't know if that counts as being sick. But but would you take one? I mean, if if that was like your I have. sick day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I maybe
0: would. I'd consider it
1: for Hanging a hangover,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we better move on here, but it does look like this will be on the November ballot. Real quickly, Josh, which way are you leaning on it?
2: I'm leaning towards voting for it.
0: Jeff? I'd probably vote for it. I'd probably come out against it, and I definitely want to see more details about what it actually means and, and what it entails, especially the days, how many hours, things like that. Um, and to see if it's if it's well-written or not. So tell us what you think about this proposed ballot initiative. Go to our Facebook page. Go to our Twitter. You can find all that information at denverdiatribe.com uh, or email us, info at denverdiatribe.com. Next topic has to do with <laughs> this news story I sent around. I think, uh, I don't know which news station uh, brought it up. but nine. nine News or something like that. But Jefferson County... Libraries, the uh, library network there for Jefferson County, has actually created a section where patrons can go and view pornography. It's the adult viewing section. Uh, Josh, what, what, what led to this? Why did Jefferson County? There was
2: a, a mother and her five-year-old who were strolling through the library and um, came across a teenager who was watching some hardcore porn. How,
1: how hardcore was it is what i don't know they didn't details? get into details
2: like, jared thought it was a gangbang but i think that he maybe just painted his own picture he projected that
1: onto. <laughs> i mean was it like tits or were there was it like double it was pen? a movie
2: it was it was described as as a
1: movie and they, they, you know so, so it was probably a
2: clip they didn't go into details but he was uh supposedly fondling himself so it must have been enough to Enough to get a teenager aroused? What is that? An ankle, maybe? Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: I mean, teenagers get aroused. by a set of teeth. Teenagers get aroused by Muslim
2: standards. Ankle gangbang sites. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and um, you know, and 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 the library came out and said that there were you know multiple violations going on with this kid, and this kid was definitely asked to leave. First, in that he wasn't viewing it in the adult section. Second, that he wasn't over eighteen. Third, that he didn't have the privacy screen on it. And fourth, of course, he was fondling himself.
0: But what's so strange is their solution to this is not to uh, either put filters on these websites or uh, you know put other things in place to make sure people aren't viewing porn at the library. Right. It is to actually create a special section with a hidden screen where, pe- where these uh, porn viewers can go – and some, get some privacy, so, and they c- can watch all the porn that they want.
2: Yeah, and considering, you know, the funding trouble with public libraries, I think that they should charge entry to that.
0: I'd <laughs> say it's a, a good idea. Yeah. Like a nickel. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. they have
2: those arcade booths that seem yeah, to right. go over very well at the sex shops you know why not
0: and actually this is this has been an issue that public libraries everywhere have had to deal with as they install more and more computers for people to use and um, provide internet access and it all comes down to a first amendment issue what actually by law can you uh withhold people from viewing it's not like this is a orders bookstore some private place where you can just say uh, well you can view this but you can't view that. Is this supposed to be a place where um freedom of information no matter what the content is, is going to be available 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 to people and i think that they're afraid of a possible lawsuit um but I, i just don't get it because denver public library had this problem way worse i mean you guys have been down to the main branch of the denver library downtown i mean there are some sketchy dudes that... Uh, yeah, it's
1: basically an arcade. In yeah, there. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But but uh, a few years ago, because it was such a huge problem, they were actually able to put a filter on there that gets rid of, um, you know, prevents certain websites from coming up. Uh, and they, I don't know how good the system is, but they put a system in place where, let's say some site gets blocked um, because of this filter and it shouldn't be blocked, then you can fill out a form and request it. Uh, it get unblocked
2: if you're researching breast cancer, for instance. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean you fill out a form and then they'll unblock it for you. You know, the, there is there are the filters and the filters aren't great and it creates a, a, a level of censorship that you can apply to have removed. That but I but I think stuff? the issue really at heart here is censorship of any type. You know, it's, it's it's it's. I think that people are concerned about the slippery slope. Like if we're gonna start filtering this, what else are we gonna filter? You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's it within certain books. I mean, a teenager. What if a teenager had um, Lady Chatterley's Lover and was sitting in a booth reading it I'd and got aroused and so. fondling himself? Okay. You know, then yeah. what do we do with that book? Do we go and you have to get special special permission to check out?
0: Well, I do know that uh, the Rangeview Library District up there in Thornton, Adams County, uh, they actually created a special adult section for books mm. uh, and that just brings up a whole nother slew of issues because if you're going to be creating this adult section for books, you're, cre- you're essentially saying, all pervert. Here here's a special section for you. And I don't know if you guys remember um, old video stores when we used to have video stores like oh, yeah. for videotapes. The curtain. And they'd have the curtained-off special area mm-hmm. in the back that say adults only.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is like real stigmatizing. Because who wants to go in the adults only section? They don't know well, that you're getting daughter. a nice piece but of literature.
2: I'll tell you they who wants to go into <laughs> those
0: sections. Because I remember being like 12 years old and seeing the curtain section in the back of the video store. I wanted to go into that section to see what the hell was going on. Sure, you because know? it was like had <laughs> sure. this aura of uh, mystery, mystery yeah. about it. And yeah. so I remember peeking into the back and seeing all like the sketchy dudes hanging back there. But now our public libraries have the. The same sort of area yet
2: you know i just i i really think that it, it comes down to um to to di- disciplining to enforcing actions that aren't appropriate like i mean this the, the, if the, the kid shouldn't have been in touching himself you know it's right it's kind of like if you go to a steakhouse and they give you a steak knife you know do, someone might stab somebody with it do we then not give out steak knives you know it's it's i mean it's you don't want your kid to come across it, and i think they're handling that well with the section and the privacy screens but
0: but aren't you just encouraging that behavior i mean you're saying well now this now this type of no behavior more than is a steak knife
2: encourages you stabbing somebody
0: well I mean, if you're creating a special section at this, at the steak shop for stabbing yourself I, this, sure. is, this is a very awkward I yeah, but metaphor. I it is an awkward
2: <laughs> metaphor. It's not a perfect <laughs> metaphor. I'm not suggesting that. It's getting more awkward by the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially since it's stabbing yourself. How, <laughs> how much stabbing will be happening <laughs> yeah. in the adult section? I'm, yeah, but I mean, I, I think we're we're jumping to a false conclusion that they're making a whack-off section at the library. I mean, it's 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 – I think that they should just have privacy screens, and if somebody gets caught looking without the privacy screen, they get booted from it. Or, right. I it, mean, what if the next? What, what about this? Like, what if your library card gave you access to the internet, so you type in your little code, you know, and then you can either go to the sites or not. I mean, that's that's. Then they can track it, you as an individual and wh- what your what your. um Right, but, it, but
1: isn't that, like, level of, you know, tracking amount to censorship? Like, we know what you're doing. It does, it does. It's.
2: I mean, it's very. It's a very tricky, complicated thing, it seems. It, I don't know. I don't I, know. I don't, I don't know. think it's... I, I think people should... I think that, you know, five-year-olds and their moms should go to the library and feel comfortable and feel safe and feel like they're not going to encounter something that needs to be explained in the car ride home a little too early in someone's life. But at the same time, if, if it's censoring images, then next, what if a kid encounters ideas at the library that causes Well, I mean, first
0: of all, nobody is more sensitive to the idea of censorship than librarians. librarians, They're amazing champions. Which is why I think you're seeing so much sensitivity to this issue and so much tiptoeing around it. And what I don't get is, you know, with all the you know, Google is tracking me right now, right? I mean, there's a million different ability for people filter out, to filter out certain things, algorithms. You have usernames and passwords that pe- they can give to patrons to be able to see, um, you know, are people violating things too much? Can it go too far? Sure. Yes, But I think that from the, at the base level, we as a society can say, you know what? We value the free, open exchange of ideas, and that's why we have libraries, but we should say our libraries, which are funded by our taxpayer dollars, aren't for viewing porn, like for guys to come in and, and jack off and view pornography. There's no... Uh, there's no intellectual or educational value in that, and then find policies that are going to do that while balancing the rights. And, and,
2: the and rights. I and I totally agree with that. If we can come up with a an understanding of what how we define porn, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's where like, it really I think like they, Lady Chatterley's Lover. I think I, w- I read it when I was 15. Did it arouse me? Sure, but is that something that a 15-year-old tell me is more. not? Can a, you tell me more about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that something a 15-year-old is is not permitted to experience? I mean, it's it's a worthwhile book in many other ways. Ways, but there are graphic yeah. sections to yeah, it. Yeah,
0: and that and that ankle gangbang scene is the ankle gangbang
2: scene. I think is the
0: first in written word. <laughs> All right, well we, we 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 gotta move on from this topic. So again, any anyone that wants to weigh in on whether or not library should view porn or give us a report on what exactly is going on behind some of those screens uh, over there in Jefferson County Public Library, drop us a note. Next topic: the new IKEA store.
2: Hallelujah!
0: Jesus finally—it
2: has arrived.
0: It and has. You both well, went down there, took a field trip uh, together.
1: We did, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Jeff, tell us about the experience.
1: Okay, so words. Well, how? How do you put it in words, Jeff? I don't. I don't know how you. I'm going to try to put it in words, but I don't really think you can accurately convey the level of. Uh, Straight-up excitement. Well, First of all, where where the the hell is this thing? So it's it's a ways south on I-25, like, County Line Road or something. You don't even really need to know the cross streets because you can see it uh, from, like, downtown. (laughs) It's like trying to find the ocean as we were driving up to it. Right. If you're in a seaside town, you know where the ocean is. Yeah, it's true. It's got, like, its own gravity system. I think we coined the term ikiko system (laughs) (laughs) so and it's this like giant blaring blue and yellow building and and the the sheer scale of this thing was like pretty incredible to me uh like you you walk up to it and it's like it's a behemoth how much bigger
0: is it than just your average super walmart imagine a super
2: walmart on top of a super walmart on top
1: of a super walmart jesus christ multiplied by six more super WalMarts, right it's really huge like and it's it, probably five stories tall five or six stories
2: yeah yeah including the parking yeah because yeah. there's tons of parking below it and escalators that go up mm-hmm. i mean it's not it's not just the size it's it's the experience it's like sure disney world is big but the way that disney world holds your hand and pulls you through it and it, it creates an experience is, yeah. is part of it it's so you go in and you're in this welcoming area and there's this kitty what do they call the kids land there
1: uh s- small
2: land smallville
1: it's small, got small, it's small land but it's got like a little umla- symbol over the a yeah. it's not an umlaut oh the a some, with the circle with a little Halo. Circle. Yeah. yeah i always i'm so intrigued by letters like that yeah and swedish seems to have a lot of them they do. I like that. They do.
2: So then, then you take an escalator upstairs, and you're given a yellow bag and a pad and a pencil and a ruler. We uh, had herring. I feel we like had, we, we, ate, should ate, we should add. We yeah.
1: totally destroyed They pulled out their, their smorgasbord
2: and gave us multiple different types of herring and uh, salmon, and it was an incredible spread. The food there is pretty good. It Sm- was a
1: literal smorgasbord. Swedish fish? Because, yeah. They, Swedish they had like nine different types of herring. No, 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 but they didn't. The, the have candy,
0: Swedish, you know, like the Swedish fish, a the little they, gummy. Yeah. Oh no, 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 they they didn't. Well, that was yeah. disappointing. I'm glad that I didn't is. Think of that.
1: A, I didn't even think of that yeah. at the time. Well, let's stop talking about this now because I feel like it was a completely worthless experience. <laughs> oh, now, oh, now it's over. <laughs> Fuck IKEA. So you go uh,
0: in, and, and I've never been inside an IKEA, uh, but. What is it like? Because it's different than just a regular store where you can walk around. Do you have to, like, go through these hallways or something? Yeah, there's, like, as
2: you described it, Jeff, like a yellow brick road.
0: Yeah.
1: And you follow the yellow brick road, and you – It's get, not literally yellow or brick. Right. We're just, this is a metaphor.
2: And along along
1: the way, there's there's
2: fully built – like, you start out in living rooms. And so you walk through X amount of living rooms. And and you also come into these little modular homes, and so there's a big sign that says 590 square feet, a picture of a dude who lives there by himself, and you can walk through his apartment. Right, it's
1: 100 percent IKEA. You can they, our tour guide sort of emphasized that they make up stories for these people. I didn't really get that sense because the story was like one sentence like I love my 560 foot square home yeah thank you Ikea but you are free to make up your own stories for them and most of them are sad for example the Patrick Bateman the Patrick Bateman closet the American Psycho apartment oh really yeah so they provide um you know so so basically like they build a home that's X amount of feet, and it's like, hey, look what Ikea can do with this space. But there's like, you know, say a closet space or a wardrobe space, and they'll just sort of hang, like, sample clothing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the outfits are the same, so it just looks creepy. <laughs> yeah. Like a peewee like, Herman closet <laughs> or something. It is. It's yeah. The TV's left on. It's like, it's
2: kind of, you walk in, and this this person who had no personality is dead, <laughs> and you're and right. you're considering buying their furniture.
0: Right. <laughs> so to to wrap this up, is there anything is there sort of one thought or one anecdote that you feel summed up sums up the IKEA experience? Well
1: there's so many anecdotes I feel like. I guess the one that I would offer is uh is when we were I think we were around kitchens uh and somebody commented on a lamp and Jen Wallett said, wait till you see lighting. It'll make you want to jerk it. (laughs) So that's how I felt about Ikea. Even kitchens made me want to jerk it. Yeah.
2: I mean, you see these elements of design that you're like, of course, why didn't someone else think about this? And, and it's not even just the design elements in terms of practicality, but the things are so over stylized, over designed Euro, but at Walmart prices, you yeah. know, so it, it basically gives an, an accessibility to the, you know, petite bourgeois to look like they're Euro trash.
1: It's Walmart for gentrifiers. It is. Who don't like Walmart.
2: Right. And they have the, the whole bottom level is what they call a bazaar, which is where you buy individual items. And, and the one thing I always think of is they have this very well made, nice, solid walk for four ninety nine.
0: Wow. Did you buy one?
2: They, they weren't letting us express our uh, consumer oh, values. Oh, so this was just a media tour. No, it? it was sort of like walking through a museum of consumerism when you do the media tour.
1: Yeah, it was interesting.
2: Because there wasn't anybody there shopping. I mean, it was the, we were the only ones who will ever see it like that. Because from what I'm told of other Ikeas, you know, after they're open for five years, the place is still packed.
0: All right. Well, the Ikea experience. You heard it here first.
2: Yeah. Check <laughs> it out. I'm not kidding. Even if you don't buy anything. The food's cheap, too. They get you in with the food. Go have lunch.
0: Oh, okay. All right, so we only have a few minutes left, and it's time for our love and hate section. Jeff, Audi, you are our guest. What do you want to love or hate on this week? I want
1: to hate on this proposed development that's going, uh, that's going into, like, near La Alma Park. I think it's Lincoln Park as the neighborhood near 12th and Mariposa. I, just, I heard about this recently, and the more I think about it, the more it just pisses me off that, you know, they're tearing down these projects and, and basically putting in development, like, housing for white people. Um, because that area is gentrifying, and what really upsets me is that like the moment there's a prospect of white people moving into that neighborhood, like they just they start like refinishing the whole thing, like, oh, welcome, white people, let us do let, let us redo La Alma Park for you. Hey, you guys want a new pool, huh? <laughs> so I just think it's bullshit that that neighborhood has been low income for you know 20 30 years and and the city's done nothing with it's it's it <laughs> that we could put some money into it that.
0: sounds like an ikea conspiracy if you ask me okay josh yeah.
2: um i'm gonna have to love on the gazpacho soup at uh steuben's right now i had it uh last thursday and they serve it in the cup or the bowl affordably and it's delicious little chunks of uh little 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 diced avocado and corn and other surprisey things in it.
0: Nice. Well, I want to hate on the rates that um, the new rates that Denver homeowners and property owners are going to have to pay for stormwater drainage. This is a fee that the city has been charging for years and years. And as I wrote several years ago, has been utilized as a kind of piggy bank uh, for other projects other than what it's intended for, which is to build out our storm water drainage system in the city, and this is especially important Uh, recently when we've had these deluges, these monsoons that have filled up entire areas and flooded cars, and now as money has been taken away from that fund and used elsewhere other than these storm drainage projects, now the city is turning around and actually going to be raising these rates so they can replenish the piggy bank. Well that is all the loving and hating we have time for this week. Drop us a line, go to Denverdiatribe.com for Jeff Audie, Josh Johnson. I'm Jerry King there, and we are out. Oh.
2: Oh. Let me in the number six motel Popples out a note she stripping strip it to the bump Steal away my heart as well. a